You're listening to the best of A Place of Peace. Hello, everyone. Welcome to A Place of Peace. Peggy Stanton here, your host. Question for you. Can a movie bring you to a place of peace? And does that explain the phenomenal appeal of The Sound of Music? An appeal that spans time, generations, gender, and culture since its release 56 years ago. Within weeks of its release, it was the number one box office draw. It won all the important Hollywood awards, Oscars and Golden Globes, and it held the title of number one box office success of all time for five years running. Well, a lot of reasons are conjectured for the movie's extraordinary appeal. The story, the music, the natural beauty of Austria, the uplifting messages conveyed by marvelous lyrics and really very good dialogue, and of course a star, Julie Andrews, who seemed to embody all those qualities. But you know, I personally think there is an overarching element that's only hinted at, but is seldom defined, except by one of the Von Trapp children in a documentary that I recently watched. This morning, we're going to relive some of the wonders of the sound of music with two of our favorite opera stars, soprano Angela Tice and contralto Anna Maria Cardinale, singing some of the best love songs from the movie. And I will share some memories from being on the movie set in Austria. You'd be amazed at the amount of work that goes into the making of just one scene. You have heard Anna Maria and Angela team up twice before on this show for Christmas and Easter concerts, so you know they have both performed professionally across America and in Europe, on screen and off screen. Angela is a soprano soloist who has soloed many times with the Michigan Opera Company, as well as many opera companies throughout America. She's also an educator based in Detroit, Michigan, who debuted at Carnegie Hall in 2019, and she is a much-loved cantor for major Michigan liturgical events. Anna Maria debuted at the Kennedy Center at the age of 14 and toured Europe as a contralto and classical guitarist. She served in Afghanistan as a naval intelligence officer, and she recently authored a new book, Music and the Meaning of the Mass, which was published by Sophia Institute Press. And she, too, is a cantor in her hometown of Albuquerque, New Mexico. So, what made the three of us decide to focus on the sound of music for this, shall we call it, summer musical? Number one, it is a love story, and on August 13th, the spotlight was on a real-life Michigan love story when Angela Tice became Angela Kelly. So the show celebrates her wedding this weekend, as well as a woman to whom Angela and I are very devoted, our Heavenly Mother Mary, whose Feast of the Assumption is also celebrated this weekend. Nice choice, Angela. Number two, when I asked the ladies how they liked the sound of music, they both expressed a love for the songs. And number three, 
In my first job as a TV news correspondent on my first trip to Europe, I covered the making of The Sound of Music from the movie set in Austria. Well, enough introduction. Let's launch this show with a prayer. And why don't we just together say the Hail Mary? Shall we do that and get us on the right foot? Or the right note, I should say. You read us. We're with you. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother Mother of God, pray pray for us. Now, and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thank you. Angela, what do you think is the universal appeal of The Sound of Music? I think it's the pillars of faith and family and culture and the pride of our country, and in this case, the country of Austria for the family. Hmm. It's, it's all about goodness and striving for that and discovering one's journey through all of that. That's a very good definition. Thank you. Angela, but now you were you studied in Austria, so did you ever hike up to that fabulous site where we saw Julie Andrews twirling around <laughs> as she sang? I hear that's actually in Switzerland. <laughs> I did go up many mountains while I was in Salzburg. Yeah. I was inspired to study abroad because of this movie. My grandma really? just that movie for all of her grandchildren, and so I grew up watching it over and over, dreaming of performing it with my neighbors, and then oh. we moved away, and then it inspired me to just continue pursuing music and singing and keeping that part of my education wow. throughout elementary and beyond. Wow. That is, I didn't even realize that when we planned this show. So we're going to lead off with Angela. You can imagine yourself back in Switzerland <laughs> or wherever you were <laughs> twirling in the mountains. And here is Angela Tice singing, The Hills Are Alive.
Anna Maria, what would you say is the universal appeal of the sound of music? Well, if that, it's easier to let Angela's rendition right there answer the question for it. It just did <laughs> yeah. <for> me. <laughs> Wasn't that gorgeous? That was gorgeous. But yeah. if I had to put it in words, I have to agree with something that I think that Angela said, and I think that you've expressed in one way or another too, Peggy, that uh, our heart just resonates when something beautiful speaks of something good, because in that we recognize something true. And I think the sound of music is like the iconic American musical that accomplishes that in one sweeping stroke, really. All right. Why did you want to always, it had always been on your heart, you said, to sing, climb every mountain. Why? Well, Sound of Music is my favorite musical, and Climb Every Mountain is my favorite song in it. Because I feel like the Sound of Music, one of the, the main themes or the main questions of it is finding God's will in your life. Finding your path, I think is how, how Angela just put it. Mm-hmm. And even though uh, Mother Abbess is kind of the secondary character, it falls to her, Mother Abbess is the character who sings Climb Every Mountain, it falls to her to answer that question, really, and she does it in that song. Mm-hmm. And she answers it by saying something so beautiful and so true, which is that, how does she put it really? What she's trying to say is that God wants you to be happy, and he knows what's going to make you happy. But it's a little bit of a dichotomy, because it may not be what you think, or what mm-hmm. we tend to think, even though Maria mm-hmm. kind of hit on it through her experiences with the children and the captain. She says that, you know, what's going to make you happy is the thing that demands the most from you. It's going to be in pouring yourself out fully that you're going to be the most fulfilled. And you've got to do that until you find a place where you're meant to pour yourself out, because we're all meant for a different spot. And uh, I think it's just, it's a great anthem. It answers that question that I think is in everyone's heart. All right. Let's listen, and a listen especially to the lyrics. It's amazing how Angela sounds like Julie, 
<laughs> and uh, Anna Maria sounds like Mother Abbess. <laughs> Remarkable, isn't it? That's now, the nicest compliment you could give me. That is so sweet. I think for Angela, too. Ladies, you did a genius of putting this thing together. I want the listeners to remember that Anna Maria is in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Angela is in Gross Point, Michigan. And they were able to do this wonderful duet of Angela and Anna Maria singing, How Do You Solve a Problem Like Maria? She climbs a tree and scrapes her knee, her dress is up the tear. She walks it on her way to mass and whistles on the stair. And underneath her whistle she has colors in her hair. I did it hurt her singing in the army. She's always late for chapel, but her vanity is real. She's always late for everything except for every meal. From all the this I take it that you're very funny, please. Maria's not an old Saturday baby. I'd like to say a word in her behalf. Then say it, sister. Maria makes me laugh. How do you solve a problem like Maria? How do you catch a cloud and pin it down? How do you find a word that means Maria? A celebrity given, a widow with a cloud. Anything you know you'd like to tell her? Or you think she ought to understand? Oh, how do you make her stay and listen to all you say? You know, it strikes me as I listen to that song that whereas Maria wanted to give her life to God and the mother abbess made her realize that God had other plans for her, think about this. If Maria von Trapp had been in the convent, her life story and God's will in her life would never have affected as many millions and millions of people have seen the movie, right? 
isn't that true? Aren't God's plans extraordinary? And you could never figure them out if you if you had to. Yeah, right. All right. So now we come to a song that we picked for Angela because it sort of touches her own life as she sings something good. Perhaps I had a wicked childhood. Perhaps I had a miserable youth. But somewhere in my wicked, miserable past, there must have been a moment of truth. For he was standing Beautiful, beautiful, Angela. I have to tell the the audience, remember we tried to persuade James. (laughs) Well, we asked you to persuade James to to do a duet with you, and that didn't fly, did it? Obviously not. No, he he said he needs to get some voice lessons first. So he he said, once we're married, every Saturday at 2 (laughs) p.m. You're going to sing something good? Yes. Yes. You know, think think about that line in there, a, a line of theology in there. Nothing comes from nothing. Nothing ever could. Or that's one of St. Thomas Aquinas' arguments for the existence of God. Nothing comes from nothing. There has to be the first cause, so to speak. But in the lyrics 
of the songs. There is such wisdom and actually theological wisdom, which never occurred to me when I was on the set. You know, of course, I didn't know all the lyrics of the songs then, but either of you thought of that. I have, but actually when I first sang it in my adult life a few years ago, I thought, this is so strange. This text is strange. Like, it says, I did something good. I'm like, God is the one to do something good. This doesn't seem right. But the more I started thinking Mm. about it, especially with your encouragement, Peggy, to sing this Mm. for the show, I thought, well, it's going to God's mercy. It's going to the fountain Mm. of mercy. We have Mm. to to open that door. We have Mm. to go and receive him. And and accept. his mercy Mm -hmm. can can fill us. Well, that's right, because his good, he is the creator of all good, but that good has to flow through us. We have to accept what he gives us, because if we don't accept it, it doesn't flow, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, and I think about it with my relationship with James, who dated for two years and then had three years off and then got back together Easter Sunday a couple years ago and how God made all things new. He's a God of resurrections and restoring, and no matter what we have done, wicked (laughs) childhood or miserable (laughs) youth, he, he restores it in his mercy. You were off for three years. And what brought you back together besides Easter Sunday? She came to me since it's not. It was the resurrection of the romance. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, exactly. I just thought of it. Yes. Let me tell exactly. something cute about Julie Andrews before we lead into the final song of Edelweiss. When I interviewed her, she had been through a lot of interviews on set because there were a lot of um, members of the press there. And... I think I was the last one in the lineup, you know, and I was so young. And I said to her, she'd been asked everything you could possibly be asked, you know, about profession and about her personal life and so forth and so on. So I said, is there anything you haven't been asked you'd like to be asked? And she looked at me and she said, well, we could talk about my baby. You know, she... Isn't that sweet? That was so sweet. And she had her first child, Emma, was on the set with her, but she brought the baby to Austria. And so all day long she worked, and it was really backbreaking work. And then she didn't have to get to have fun like the rest of the cast. She went and stayed with the baby. Well, she had a, a babysitter, you know, obviously during the day. But she was so exhausted from the work she had done, and then she went to her hotel room and became mommy. So I was extremely impressed with her. It was before she was the icon she became. You know, she had only done one other movie, and it hadn't been released yet. It was Mary Poppins. So she was just this fresh, young 20, I think she was 28 at that time. And it was really the sound of music that just brought her such worldwide acclaim and fame. And she even said it was tough to handle because it just, you know, burst on her. You girls can imagine what that's like. So I thought that she, as I said earlier, she embodied a lot of the qualities that the movie had. She was very self-effacing. She had confidence, obviously. That, by the way, that's the song we see watched her uh, do. It took all day long to do that scene. 
I have confidence, you know, where she leaves the convent and she dances down the road with her guitar and her satchel. <laughs> she had about one other dress, I think, in it. Do you have any final thoughts about your relationship to the movie or to Julie Andrews? Well, I know she inspired me to be a singer and inspired me with her classical training to not just sing classical music, but music of the golden age, the great musicals. She was so real, and she is so poised. And the movie, her character, Maria, which is such an inspiration for me as a young girl and still to today. Wonderful. All right. We should have done two shows on this because we, there's so much we could have talked about and so much. The music is so wonderful. This delightful show, combining Angela Tice Kelly in Detroit, Michigan, performing remotely with Anna Maria Cardinale in Albuquerque, New Mexico, is a semi-finalist for the American Prize, a prestigious musical award. And that's one reason we chose the show as best of the best of our Place of Peace series. It was electronically engineered by Dan McGraw, who has been my wonderful teammate for eight years for both Power from the Pews and A Place of Peace. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Ave Maria, and thank you for listening. This is Peggy Stanton signing off, and we will leave you with Anna Maria Cardinale singing Edelweiss. Oh.